Hi, we are Isabel and Victoria from Seed to Harvest Ventures, a pre-seed and seed stage fund that invests in women of color building software-enabled companies. We're product and design operators turned emerging managers, and we're sharing our experience with our first fund. Hi, Victoria. Hola. <laughs> um, today, we are going to be talking about fund data, how to get data that can help support your thesis, the fund, what you're trying to do, and the opportunity that you see. Um, I think we've developed a pretty good perspective on this and what we're looking for. I'm excited to share and see if other fund managers out there are having seeing the same things that we are. But before we jump into that, let's do our reflection. Victoria, what's one thing you've learned recently and one thing that you have been really proud of? Um, one thing I've learned recently. So this is silly. Um, but basically, I've learned, like, we're going to South by Southwest this week, um, or this weekend, and just, like, the sheer amount of events and the sheer amount of, like, stuff going on is wild. Um, and it's all about, like, who you know. It's like a microcosm of venture where it's just, like, okay, who do you know? Who's going to invite you to, like, the thing? It's it's crazy. I did not expect. I knew that there would be a lot going on, but I didn't expect this sheer volume. Um. And then on the completely other note, one thing I'm proud of, um, just like I've been getting fairly good at actually asking for like help and support. So I had like a hard week last week and I just like asked friends to like kind of lend some supportive notes and they did and that was really great. So proud. Nice. I love that. Yep. What about you? What have you learned? <laughs> Um, in terms of what I've learned, I feel like I had a really good answer for this and now I can't remember it. Um, you can talk about the LP thing, like warehousing a deal to fundraise. That's like a tactical thing that I completely forgot about until now. I was like, oh yeah. Can't... Well, we, yeah, we've learned, that's a good one. We've learned that there is, there are a lot of creative ways to make investments prior to your first close. So warehousing deals just I mean that's overarching it's really like you can try and co-invest with someone or a potential LP their SPVs and we knew about all of these but not quite the nuances of how to leverage that as you're raising your first fund or prior to a close so how are we creatively trying to extend runway we have capitalize on our pipeline it's just been an ongoing conversation but we've gotten to meet with other managers to talk about it and it's been really helpful just to hear how everyone's going about it um makes me feel a lot better <laughs> one that there are options but that people are getting really creative with them as well and there's no one size fits all it's really like who can you partner with that wants to do something with you um and just like strategically how it helps us fundraise as well in terms of developing relationships with other people yeah and what's one thing you're proud of? I'm really proud of our founders, our portfolio companies, our two founders. They have both, I think, made huge strides in what they're doing recently. And it's been really exciting to see the opportunities that are coming up for them and what they're getting involved in. We were joking at South by that it feels like it's like the they have so many activities like lined up. It's like 
it's just really, um, it's really exciting and it's exciting to get to be a small part of that, um, that work that they're doing. So today we're talking about um, how we've dealt with data to really support our fund thesis. So we are talking about specifically like our experience with like, we focus on women of color and like the issues we've had in terms of trying to really get accurate data to support our thesis or not accurate, sorry, like detailed data to support our thesis, um, but also how other people have interpreted our data, what data people have asked us for in relation to our thesis. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of the best starting point. Maybe we can just talk about like how we've gotten to where we are today. So we have, I mean, I think this very, this first started when we were doing our pitch deck, which was like, what are, what are the numbers that we can show in this space? And where are we finding those sources and, and what does that look like? In doing that, we found like, whoa, there's a lot of stuff that's not getting tracked. And specifically, we it was through our research in just underrepresented founders in general that we were able to narrow down wanting to invest in women of color and seeing that as a huge opportunity. But even within that, and then driving to like where you need to push on that is that great, what is that opportunity? How are you talking about it? And like what's that scale, that's where we found like a pretty big breakdown in terms of like accurate data that we can get, data in general that we can get, um, and what we are specifically trying to look for. Um, Yeah, I think to kind of go over the specific issues that we saw, one is really about like the being able to use disparate data, like disparate like studies or case studies and try to combine it. So for instance, you have like something we talk about a lot is like it was the mass challenge where they found that like women in their cohorts over the past couple of years had delivered a 35% higher ROI um, over their male founders. But then you have, um, I think first round also did a similar thing, really realizing that like women in general have um, a, like have delivered like most of their returns have come from their like the women they've invested in, but like women encompasses a lot of people. And so that's like both like there's across all different races. Right. So there's no breakdown when they talk about women, about like what types of women, just women, but we'll also see things like uh, there was some a report we got sent today that is like the transparent collective ROI report. And the way they break down their findings is they basically compare what's happened with white male founders versus women founders versus POC founders. And as you know, women of color follow both to the bucket of women founders and POC founders. And so it's really difficult if you're talking about like, okay, like what's specific about women of color? How do you take these different viewpoints, right? Because like comparing white men to all women, to all people of color actually like isn't separate groups. And then there's things like the Morgan Stanley report that says this is a $4.4 trillion loss and not focusing on underrepresented founders, which they define as like basically all non-white males. And so all of these, all of these reports slice data in different ways. And because we're focused on women of color, it's really hard to get a really succinct view on just women of color. You basically have to either like have access to their, their actual like, raw data and do it yourself if they even track race right because again some people might not track race they might just track gender or if they track race the weird thing is that they only track some races so like we've seen a lot of stuff that tracks reporting for like black and latina women or just black women 
but they don't have any numbers on Asian women and they don't have any numbers on Native American women. And there's a very few that actually like slice data by both gender, race, and ethnicity. It's weird groupings of either. Yes. Even going off of that, like when you're trying to look at the startup industry, you'll find that a lot of times it's anyone with a business. So even splicing within that, it's like brick and mortar versus entrepreneur. And one thing that's interesting here is that like, it's a lot of times it's very difficult to find, I'd say, or answer some of the questions that we've gotten, which is like, great, how many, or sorry, I'll back that up. In terms of the like, just finishing the thought on like, a lot of the data is not good is, I think a problem too, that I I feel is that having done research before, there are certain standards that come with research. So when you're presenting data, like we want to in our pitch deck, like we want it to be strong data, and we want it to make sense. So if you pull the thread, is it going back to hard numbers that are consistent. And there's no real standard in this space. So that makes it difficult. You're using like apples and oranges to kind of build a house of cards. And either it's signaling data or proxy data, both which can feel soft in kind of a selling situation, um, only because it's like, it's not proprietary. You know, we're building it off of something else. So the the messaging isn't as strong. Um, And I wouldn't... I wouldn't even say necessarily it's like bad data. I think it's just hard. No. To like it's hard to like correlate across different instances, right? So you can talk about sure. like mass mutual and first round, but you can't really then correlate that really well to like Morgan Stanley's work or to like this other report right. because they all cut the data different ways. And so there's no way to say like the trend we're seeing is this. It's like we see signals in these different pockets and we can kind of assume or like make a good guess or a hypothesis around it but we can't like say with more definitively like this is a firm trend like you would be able to do across fintech or across hr tech or across these other characteristics like when it comes to race around gender and data if there's no standards and so everyone just kind of slices the data the way they want totally and i think also i mean we've seen the majority of like the really strong numbers around this focusing on mostly white founders and so it hasn't historically really crossed over to include everyone i'd say as a standard Mm -hmm. it's all separate studies so that's another piece that i see and it's just it's a tricky spot to be in i think in the industry because it's it's looking for people who are willing to take a bet on a hypothesis truly that like we are feel very strongly will validate but like there isn't years and years of data to rely on to back up a lot of it. And that's why I think we focus on like, what is the opportunity? So maybe segueing into like what we are looking for specifically and like how we frame that is where we can go next. Sure. Before we do that though, I do want to say like, it's, it's weird because there's tons of data. Like there's tons of data around like how diverse teams contribute to like um greater generation like generating of profits for people there's like there's data there's data that says both gender and race but race is like a better indicator but like race Mm -hmm. and founding means like better returns but it's like again they're all like one-off things and like no one's really tracked it 
long term or across different cohorts. And so I think the hard thing is like, how do you bring together all of this data that is like at a high level does all say the same picture, which is like, you should be investing your dollars in women of color. Like if you want the strongest like proxy, if you're going to use like what, like what the signal is in terms of like founder success, like gender and race, if, if you're going to use that proxy, like women of color are your best bet, but they're still the most underfunded. And so, and I think because of that, like the disparate data, it's really hard to even talk about like the why of why it's happening. Like we have a strong perspective because we've worked in the industry for so long and we like have seen like what happens, which is like, you know, people are like, oh, I don't understand this market or like, I don't know, this kind of seems a little pushy or like, you know, I can really connect. And so like we see those things, but like, Again, there's not a lot of long-term tracking. There's like the hype and bust, like, you know, George Floyd happens. Everyone's like, race, oh my God, the racial reckoning. And then it, two years later, they're like, oh, we can, we don't have to talk about this anymore, right? So you get these like boom and bust and data, but it's not something that's been long-term invested in. And so I think it's just like, it's just hard because like, we know this because we've lived this and there's such strong signal but it's not standardized in the way that you would normally be able to use data to back such a strong signal. Yeah. Well put. So you want to switch into like, kind of like what we're looking for and how we're approaching it? Yeah. Let's do that. Um, okay. Let's chat about which, like what kind of data we are hoping to track. Um, maybe a preface to this too, is that we are not, we don't consider ourselves an impact fund. Um, we've felt that the S has been a little soft. I think there's just a lack of an industry standard or a strong point of view on like what should be consistently measured there. Um, or like what is measured if it actually correlates to impact. Um, but that being said, we do really care about this space and tracking data and building a body of data as we build our portfolio companies and engage with other funds and LPs and like what would be beneficial to learn about in the industry, what would be beneficial to showcase and share, especially around women of color. Yeah, and I think too, like we want to be able to like have that standardization so that people can like cross cut and really see like, what does it really look like for black versus like Asian woman versus like black men and really have those like breakdowns or ability to break down that gives you the real story. Because I think too, with something that's a little frustrating with the data as it exists now, it gives you like parts of the story. So like you yeah. can see a little bit what's happening with black women. You can see a little bit what's happening with Latina women. You can see a little bit of what's happening with like, white men but like you don't really know what's happening with black men or like and it's like those crop those that intersectionality is really important because gender and race play such intersectional roles and in, in so many dynamics but especially in funding that like if you don't do those cross sections you kind of miss those things absolutely so a big one is like race as race and ethnicity and gender as separate data points so I think the principle guiding this is like, how can we splice or have enough like singular data points to get a real look at the narrative and what we're seeing? Um, 
another thing is what actions founders take to generate or preserve wealth. So, and I even would push that further, like over time, like does that change earlier in their founder or funding journey? Like, what does that look like over time? Um, C-suite employees by gender and race, LP participation by gender and race or ethnicity, and then just some data points on funding rounds. So like at each round and point of funding, like what was the traction, the valuation, the raise total, time between raises, and then the splits on the team, whether it's gender and ethnicity or gender and ethnicity splits um, on the team. I would even love to know like roles too, because that's fascinating to me. Yeah, I think too, like, so something like part of the reason like we've talked even from like the LP standpoint is there's a lot of conversation around like wealth generation. Um, and that's something we think a lot about as well. But like, we also think like a wealth generation is kind of like a flywheel. Like we've been asked a couple of times, like, oh, is it more important that they're more black founder? Or like, you know, there's more founders of color or like fund managers of color. And like, you know, we've even pushed back on like, we actually think the LP part is really important. And we have our own initiative around getting more women of color as LPs that we're, we're starting on. But like, I'm really interested to see like what are the actual like levers of wealth like because right now it's like kind of everyone's opinion um, and like it's also hard to because like the numbers are so small it's it's hilarious like you know people talk about there's so many diversity funds now but like what is that report that's like it's literally one point I think four percent of all like assets right now in the world are managed by people of color <laughs> so you know. I think there's room for growth, right? But again, like part of, I think, being able to get more, and we won't have all the numbers, right? But we can get some. And like, that's why we've talked about like kind of creating like a coalition with other fund managers. One, because there's a lot of work to do by yourself, obviously, but like other, we can all kind of get that and create that standard, kind of like how climate has done, but with much less money than Bloomberg had to make that happen. but if you can start getting those, instead of people being like, oh, I feel like this is happening, you can be like, this is actually what's happening. This is actually what's driving wealth generation. This is actually what's driving increased investments and diverse founders. Because like you can have you can have that split, right? A little bit better than like a lot of like the proxy or one-off data points that people are talking about now. And it reminds me too of what is that study you always talk about where it's like it was basically how everyone felt. They were like, do you feel like there's enough money going to like diverse candidates or whatever? Yeah. The perception piece, like, no, that study is wild. It's, um, I'm trying to find, I have this screenshot, I think. No. Um, it's like 63% of like allocators think that diverse fund managers are getting the right amount of funding and like they're getting funding and resources which is wildly different than the reality and the numbers that we see there and it's really it's just a it's it's all perception like they think that it's happening so that they don't need to do it or engage or kind of like widen their range a little bit but it's just a shocking it's over a majority of allocators feel like there's enough money going around. 
but also it's weird too because it's like what is enough like they didn't i mean it's so that's a weird study to begin with like i don't know what enough means yeah enough could be different things for different people but and it reminds me of like there's a there was a study done a while ago um around diversity and it was actually measuring like how people defined it and they found that like when like most white people say that they want to live in a diverse neighborhood they actually mean like I think it was like 10% people of color or like, you know, 20% people of color. But when people of color said they want to live in a diverse neighborhood, that was like 50% people of color. And yeah. so it's even like these like, and don't anyone quote me on that because I don't, it, I know it was like a, just a drastic difference in like how people interpreted the word like diverse neighborhood or what they felt like that meant for them. And so I think part of like our frustration right now is there's so much sentiment about what everyone feels like is happening and less real information around what is actually happening. And yes. that actually like furthers the problem, right? Because like, if it's just based on what everyone feels, we have to spend time like talking about like what people feel instead of like being well, like- Well, which is an opinion and not a fact. Yeah, like... so you're just like, everyone's just talking about their opinions, which is like great if you're having like a good conversation, but like not great if you're trying to make change. No, not at all. And I just found this study. It's actually, it was 70. <laughs> um, 58% of investors felt that women-owned businesses receive about the right amount of capital. And what's really crazy is like the other two are less capital than they deserve, deserve being, and let's underscore that, or more capital than they deserve. And then 77% of bank loan officers and then when you look at, and the numbers are comparable, there's one percentage off when you're looking at minority-owned businesses. And so between the two, like the fact that both banks, so institutions and investors think that about the right amount of capital is going when there's, and we talk about this number, like the 2%, it's almost like we need different, we need different like key and top line metrics specifically for this space that don't generalize and lump everything in because even that like doesn't it it goes back to what you were saying Victoria like how people feel like the only call to action that these white pages say is like bring more money there but not again the thing that gets people to give money is what is the opportunity and no one's like and that's something we talk about a lot it's like what's the TAM on where we're trying to invest and how do we create or define like a a standard that is a strong standard, you know, to start to measure that. Yeah. And I, and it, I love that because it, that narrative does dictate what happens, right? Because it's like, if the narrative is like, Oh, it's so sad. Women only get 2%. Then it's just like, you know, we get in these conversations where we're like, is it nice to invest in women of color? And we're like, no, yeah. make money. Like, yes, it results also in a much better tech ecosystem, but also the money. And like, and I think if we can, if you start having numbers, not about like, oh, only 2% of like, you know, VC funding goes, which is the number everyone loves to put out, but it's like, you no, know, $2 billion are generated annually by women and they only represent 2% versus the like 400 billion, right? Like those, those aren't matched, right? Like if you, if right. it's more about the opportunity and we can start really pop like populating and like proposing data that talks about the opportunity and just how much women are building, I think it just changes the narrative and really shows the opportunity that we see, but also. Yeah. The problem doesn't always spur action. I would say like, 
we can agree that there's a problem, but like, how does that lead into a next step? When you're talking about an opportunity, you've got the other side to it. Say, yes, we can agree that this is a problem. Here's what we're seeing as the opportunity. Can we agree this is an opportunity? But without that agreement on the opportunity and like some way for people to understand, because again, this is like, this is newer. Like we have to find the part of the narrative that will create confidence and people investing more in this space and like I just don't think you if we can that salient number like you can't argue with a fact it's not an opinion you know Mm -hmm. it's like this is the opportunity it's not we feel like there's no perception piece there the perception is like like you said like the the ongoing narrative of like lesser than or needing help or it's a feel good thing is has actually I think really hurt the industry across the board because it's like you can get a few change makers going with that but like people coming in trying to contribute to that and like add more to the path don't have any like there's like nothing to hold on to to like try and push through that you know as you're coming in so Hopefully and, work, working with other funds will also help there. So everyone can start to change the narrative together. I really feel like if enough people start changing the way that they talk about it, that will impact as well. Yeah. I think something I was just thinking about while you're talking is like part of what the data that is used, that is used now kind of like stops the conversation. So it's like, okay, 2% of VC, fun- not sorry, it doesn't stop the conversation. It doesn't further tell the conversation or explain why. So yeah. if you're just saying like 2%, like people can like assume that like all sorts of negative things, like, like what, we, which is what we hear, right? So oh, there's not enough women of color actually building. Yeah. It's because they're not good at software. It's because they're building stores. It's like that kind of stuff. Yeah. It leaves too much open for interpretation. Yeah. And then you see the interpretation ones. They're like, they're like, what do you do? It's like volunteer, like all the, all the things are like. <laughs> Mentor. Yeah. <laughs> oh what? Money. And yeah. Death. Okay. Um, so anything else before we wrap up? No, let's wrap. Well, let's do our weekly. Um, let's talk about that. Sorry. Let's close that out mm-hmm. um, and then do weekly win and then outro and I'll cut all this out. Cool. So I think like overall what we've noticed and something we didn't talk about today, but like there's a big frustration with data because they think it overburdens like non-white male GPs a lot, even with the funding we get in terms of like expectations around reporting on like your impact that like other people don't have to deal with. But also it's a double-edged sword because it's not double-edged, it's like another hard point because the data that we have isn't great. And so the ability to even prove out things is really hard. And so we are taking steps to be able to prove out where we want to prove out, but again, really focusing on like what we want to do and not like necessarily what we feel like we have to do which which can be different um and where we really want to figure out is like again kind of focus on who we are is like where's the tactical stuff happening like how can we actually measure what's happening across gender and race in those intersections how can we measure the actual opportunity so the wealth being generated the funding the valuations like all of those those signals of success like how do we really attribute this to who we're talking to to help further our cause, but help further this cause in general around investing in different types of founders. Um, and like, we're taking steps towards it and we'll keep you all abreast of how that goes. Yeah. You know, we don't have enough to do. 
<laughs> Understatement. Yeah. Okay, let's do a weekly win. Um, this week, well, Victoria, these are yours. You share. Okay. Um, so I was on a panel. That was cool. It was um, a, a women's history, like women and like reproductive uh, rights talk, which was really cool. Um, and then a really fun story was just like I got. I was at a black BC uh, event, like. Uh, the closeout Black History Month, and I was just at the bar getting some water. And this guy came up to me, and he's just like, "Hey, like, what do you do?" And I was like, "I'm starting a long VC firm." He was like, "Oh shit, like that's so dope. You gotta talk to my man. He like runs a family office. He has, they have so much money. You gotta talk. You gotta talk." I didn't know this man. We had met two seconds, but him and me and his friends start talking, um, and like now we're having a scheduled call. And I just like love the fact that like this person who I did not know was just so excited. And like introed me with like no hesitation, um, and so it just like made me excited. And I'm as much shit as people talk about LA being fake. I have met such wonderful people here who are just so supportive. So it makes me happy. Thought I'd share. I love that. Um, and I feel like LA agrees with you. Thank you. I have a little tan. I'm cute. Um, okay, let me do this outro really quick so you can go. Okay. Um, all right. All right. Thank you. Um, sorry, I'm recutting that so it's not terrible. It's all good. Thank you all so much for joining us this week. Um, fund managers, we'd love to meet you. Follow us on LinkedIn. We're Seed to Harvest Ventures. We're also on Instagram at, at Seed to Harvest, sorry, at STH Ventures. Um, say hi, share feedback, and let us know if you want to be a guest at hello at seedtoharvestvs.com.